You're listening to episode three of season three of Partnerships and Possibilities, a podcast on leadership. In this episode, Know Thyself. Hi, I'm Sharon. And I'm Diana. And we're going to be talking about leadership in organizations. Leadership in organization happens at all levels and takes many forms. Sharon, a thing we haven't talked about yet in our podcast that that I would like to hear more about is uh, an instrument that you've been using called the Hogan Assessment um, that you've been using a lot with your clients. And, and I hear really good things about it. I hear really good results about it. It's not... Um, it's not something I've been trained to do, and so I'm, I'm pretty curious about how it works and where, how you see the benefits of mm, it for sure. people. And, um, and I was just wondering if we could uh, maybe look at a sample and look at some of the kind of information a person might get from, from this. And, and, and why, and a, a question, I mean, this is actually a facetious kind of question. It's like, why should anyone care? I mean, I, I, and I, the, the way I would answer that is I don't know how you can be an effective leader without a lot of self-awareness and self-knowledge and, and using that self-awareness and self-knowledge for self-management. Sure. Uh, that seems to me to be key in, in becoming a really effective leader. And so this is one way to support that um, right. kind of self-knowledge. And so I wondered if you'd tell us more about it. Sure. Well, I was trained in the Hogan about six years ago, I think, and um, ha you're right, I have, I've been using it with clients right along, and now I've actually been using it um, as part of the, uh, the MBA program that I was teaching in, and um, the reason, well, let me, let me back up a little bit. The Hogan, of course, is one of many instruments on the market. Um, for many years, organizations used the Myers-Briggs. Mm -hmm. um, you and I were trained in another instrument called the Singer Loomis type. Right. And, um, and way back when, there was DISC and social styles and exactly. all of those. Yeah. And now people are using personalysis, they're using insights. Um, those, those have color, red, green, whatever, whatever. So the good news about the Hogan is that it is not easily reduced to a four-quadrant or four-color model. The bad news is the same because mm. nobody could ever come out of a Hogan um, feedback session or whatever wearing a t-shirt that says, I'm a blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So it is at once a much richer instrument and um, a more subtle instrument that allows you, I think, to give people much more nuanced information. And bottom line for me, given my my background in psychology, the fact that I, you know, I've taken courses and tests and measurements and whatever. I like the richness. I like the subtlety of the instrument. I think it it's going to be ultimately of more value because mm -hmm. of that. Because people are more complex, mm -hmm. and um, you know, no one is um, 
no one is a pure anything. So to, you know, if you have the label ISTJ and I have the label ISTJ, it, it would, people could be fooled it, into thinking that we're the same. Or that we would respond the same to right. some stimulus. Yeah. Right, whereas in reality, I may have way more J than you have J, and so we m both might have a similar tendency, but mine's gonna be, be much stronger, blah, blah, blah. So, I think the Hogan is, is very well researched. It's very well grounded. Um, it, all of that leads me to believe that right now, it's probably the best instrument on the market. So, I like to use it, it's available in several forms so that there's a cheapy version where you get the data, but it's not packaged so nicely. The one that we have here that we're looking at as a, an example is packaged up very nicely. It's very um, easy to look at. There's a lot of supporting information. And it's a little bit more expensive, but relatively speaking, it's not terrible. Um, there's also, it is now possible to take a group of Hogan's and map them together so that, for example, for a team, you can see the spread of the data, whether the team is more alike than not alike in this respect and that respect. Having said that, there are three parts to a Hogan. There's the values part, which is considered the absolute core of personality because values tend to be very enduring across a lifetime. Values tend to not change very much. And the values part of the Hogan will contrast, for example, whether your score is much higher in aesthetics or in science. And that becomes important when one is looking at how somebody makes decisions. So a person that's higher in aesthetics is gonna to tend to make their decisions more from a, um, and I, I, I like it or I don't like it point of view. Uh, it fits for me, it doesn't fit for me. It, um, I connect with it, I resonate with it, or I don't. Whereas a science-based person is gonna look at the data. They want the facts, the figures, the data. And that's how they live in the world. And so that's gonna be how they make decisions as well. Mm -hmm. um, it also looks at, at issues like tradition, uh, how much you value the way things have been done, how much, if you will, respect is paid to the past, to ritual, uh, as you might expect, people who come out of the military, for example, will tend to have a higher score there. Mm -hmm. Well, they're, they're both drawn to the military because of that. They are comfortable in that environment because of that. Mm -hmm. It gets reinforced by living in that environment. Does that mean that they can never be innovative? Of course not. But it means that they put a value around that that somebody else yeah. might not. Right. So it measures those kinds of things. It mm -hmm. also measures a person's need for power, 
which tends to be more the more um, visible, obvious use of power, as in having power over mm -hmm. to a certain extent, um, the need for recognition. So it measures those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. The second part of the assessment is what's called the um, potential and report, and it's it's what the people that use Hogan all the time call the sunny side of personality, mm -hmm. and it actually shows up in yellow mm -hmm. because it is measuring how you present yourself to the world, how you believe that you are seen in the world or, and want to be seen in the world. So it's looking at things like um, how ambitious you see yourself, what you think of as your interpersonal sensitivity, um, how much you value learning for its own sake versus uh, learning because maybe it's just in time and you have to learn it for a job. Yeah. Um, how much, how much, how inquisitive you are. Uh, when I see somebody with a real high inquisitive, real high inquisitive score, mm -hmm. I will ask them, when you were a kid, are you the kind of kid who was always taking things apart to see how they worked? And I have yet to have somebody say no, because people with real high inquisitive scores are very curious. How do things work? And they've been that way their whole life. They've been that way their whole life. Yeah. That 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 is just something that, I mean, if mm -hmm. if it's really high, it's how you're built. It's the way you do things. Mm -hmm. So. It tells us those kinds of things. And it also tells us, there's another scale on that part of the instrument called adjustment. And that tends to tell us how much people are the kind of people that are, are pretty mellow, that, uh, or are people who are, uh, people who churn a lot, who when they get data or feedback from others uh, will ruminate about it and um, that's not so good if you're in a leadership role because you're going to be getting a lot of that and while people, um, you know, it's not that we would rule them out if they are the churners, but for those people Part of my coaching to them is around taking care of themselves. I what do you imagine. do for stress yeah, release? Right. What do you do for stress release? How do you do this? It was interesting. I was talking to somebody the other day, and he was he was saying that he's one of those churners, and that because he's been so busy lately, he hasn't had time yeah. to really do his usual, in his case, athletics, and you know, working out at the gym, that kind of stuff. And I was teasing with him. And I said, doctor's orders, you start doing that right now because you will not be able to sustain what you need to do if you don't make time in your week for that recharge because you're, you really need that. You really, really need that. And I'm a churner, so I know that, yeah. um, that I have to have some way to do that. And when I actually, when I started back to get my PhD,
that was one of the things that I said, hmm, how am I going to do that? And I just said to myself, okay, you've, you've got to make a plan and stick to it. And I really did, and I know it made a difference. Mm -hmm. um, and now I've incorporated that into my life in a different kind of way than I ever had before because I see the difference that it makes. But people who are on the high end of that scale, who are so uh, whatever, that, that can be not healthy either. And those people are really hard to coach. They don't take data in very well. So what we actually, what is ideal for somebody in a leadership role is to be right in the middle. But if we're not, then the coaching is around how do you either move up a low score or, or bring down a too high score. Mm -hmm. and so each of these scales, depending on the kind of leadership role a person is in, each scale has its own sweet spot, and they're not all in the same place. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Can um, some, somebody can say to me, well, I, I, my interpersonal sensitivity is 100%. What could be bad about that? And I would say to them, well, if that's real, assuming that that's how you, you know, see yourself and try to be all of the time, that means they answered every single question about that at yes, 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 yes. I consider myself pretty tuned into other people. Even I wouldn't have answered every single question. Yes, because I cannot be that way. 24 hours a day, day in, day out. But okay, moving along on the assumption that somebody really sees themselves that way. How in the world, if you see yourself that way, are you going to give people negative feedback? That's going to be really, really difficult. So, right, there isn't, there isn't, um, there is a good side and a downside, and there, there is a sweet spot for every one of these, and they're all different, depending on... And it's not going to be the same for every leadership role, either. Correct. That people are in. Yeah. That's, that's correct. So I really want to hear about this, the third report as right. well. You said there were three, and I right. want to hear about that. Um, but I'm also curious, finding myself um, curious about how this is the same, different, maybe doesn't really have a relationship to a lot of the strengths finder stuff that that people are using a lot lately about, you know, first discover your strengths and what are your strengths and does, how does this, do you, do you know how this works with that information? Is it just two completely different sets of information that tell you different things or? You know, I know that instrument tangentially. I don't know it well enough. So A, I don't know for sure how um, how well researched it is and whatever, but assuming yeah. that it's well, it's the Gallup organization, you know. So they, well, yeah, but yeah. so assuming that yeah. it's that it that it's all cool, and I, yeah. I just don't remember offhand. Um, my recollection when somebody showed me what they my own scores on that or whatever was it was kind of a blinding glimpse of the obvious. Yeah, I mean, I didn't find it particularly useful. Whereas when I looked at my own profile on the Hogan and I got to, to the, the third part, which is the challenges or what could potentially be the derailers, 
I could see immediately that the derailers that showed up on mine were exactly the derailers that, to the extent I've ever really gotten in trouble with people or whatever, yeah. that's where they were. Yeah. And, and having that awareness that there's a, a concentration in my personality, like there is in most people's, where when I'm stressed or when things are not going well is where I kind of go by default. Having that awareness as crisply as I did after looking at the Hogan, when I see myself headed in that direction now, I am more conscious and I have worked at being more conscious about ways to ratchet that back. So this so, is where the awareness helps your self-management. Absolutely. Yeah. So so it is my it is my default. I know that and I say, hmm, not necessarily the best strategy I could choose here. What are my options? It helps me slow myself down and choose my behavior more intentionally and less from a knee-jerk kind of position. I think that's very powerful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm probably fundamentally not ever going to be different. Mm -hmm. I mean, this yeah. is who I am. I, you know, yeah. it's a lot of years of wiring and rewiring and practice and, and, and being practice. exactly I'm, this way yeah. i'm real good at this <laughs> but now i have more choice at my disposal and i think that that's the best any of us can really hope to have mm -hmm. is to have that kind of self-knowledge that gives us more choice and allows us to choose the behavior that is actually going to be going to get, get us, us closer yeah. to the result that we want. Yeah. Um, so, do I think the Hogan helped me crisp that up? Absolutely. I didn't find that when I looked when when I had had that strength finders, and that's mm -hmm. why I never really pursued learning more about the instrument because mm -hmm. I, I just didn't personally find it that useful. Yeah. Yeah. That's not to say other people might not, but... Yeah. yeah, I have a sense. I think the strength finder is is a blinding gl uh, glimpse of the obvious for some folks, but it's folks who've never taken a look at that obviousness or haven't really done that kind of right. um, introspection before. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me that uh, from my admittedly small... Uh, experience with the Hogan that it actually is a good would be a good follow-on to for folks who have done the strengths finder and find it interesting and would like to know more about sure. well, so you know if if this is how this if these are my strengths in the world what are my choices what are my options how do how do I think about my behavior what else what else can I learn um, I think the Hogan is a good choice in terms of a follow-on for that. I think, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, and you know the the Hogan folks talk about the fact that that strengths, when overused, right, become and can become liabilities. Mm -hmm. And so, um, if, for instance, somebody um, is imaginative, that's a good thing. But if they're so imaginative. And they don't have the 
the the corollary kind of follow through, then they're just as I tease you sometimes being an an idea hamster right. and just you know having a million ideas. But if you don't also have the ability to follow through, what good are they? Yeah. Mm, so that yeah. shows up very clearly. Yeah. And um, it, let's say you don't have that built in, you don't have the follow through, then then you fall to a second tier of options, which looks like, who do I surround myself with who will be the follow through person? Yeah. You know, I need somebody around me. I'm going to be the idea generator, but I need somebody around me who's got better follow-up, follow-through, and is going to operationalize it. Well, that, so this, that's perfectly good. So this can help you build your team as well. Who, who should I be working with? Right. Who are, who, 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 what collaborators, what, what kind of characteristics or qualities do, will my collaborators do that will make, make, put me in the most kind of innovative situation I could be in right. or the most directed situation or whatever kind of situation right. you're trying to create? Right. And if you were looking at that on a team basis, you obviously could do the same thing. If you had six people with high, very high imagination uh, and nobody with real good implementation follow-through kind of skills, you'd see that gap immediately and you'd say, uh-oh, we're going to have a bajillion ideas here and we're never going to get anything done. Yeah. This is not a good plan. Yeah. Clearly, um, you'd want to make some changes to that. Yeah, right. So, hmm. I've not ever seen the strength finder mapped to a team. I don't know. I I haven't either. I've seen it. Uh, I've heard people talk about saying, "I'm a this, so I know I need a that in my life if I'm going to go forward." Or. Uh -huh. Or I'm a this, and I know I feel dragged down if I'm working with a that, or you know whatever it might be. But I haven't ever heard it actually talked about it as a whole team, hmm. more a you know kind of one to one working relationship kind of thing. Which isn't to say somebody isn't doing that. Sure, I haven't heard sure. About I'm it. just not. Yeah, I'm yeah. just not aware of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for this. That's I. I'm really. Glad to get this refresher on the Hogan, and, and I'm really glad we have it to offer to the people that we work with, because I think it is an important, you know, as, as we um, work with leaders on whatever it is they're trying to accomplish, whether they just, you know, want to create more effectiveness and efficiency in their organization, or whether they want to um, head down an agile path, or whatever it is they want to do, being an effective leader there really does mean having this kind of self-awareness, and it doesn't often just come to us. Sometimes we need that outside mirror to really get clear about it. And um, this seems like a really good mirror. I'm, I'm glad we've got it on our, in yeah. our toolkit. And I, I was surprised. I was talking with um, someone recently that had just gone to a conference for executive MBA programs. And apparently they are now beginning to incorporate uh, some assessments and specifically the Hogan specifically because it is a rich instrument in their um, intake and early coaching in the program kind of process and so I think we're going to be seeing more of it mm -hmm. and 
I think that it's likely that maybe over the next number of years, it'll have a bit more impact in dislodging the, um, the, the, the dominion of the uh, Myers-Briggs mm -hmm. in organizations. I, I can understand a lot of organizations have spent money uh, getting everybody trained up or, you know, and qualified as, to administer the instrument. Right. And, yeah. And so, so you don't want to be redoing that every few years just because a new instrument comes down the pike. But it may be that this is sufficiently richer and people feel they've gotten what they can get from the Myers-Briggs, which in its time was a, was a good instrument. I mean, it did give people more than, let's say, the disc or yeah. whatever. So it was a step up, but um, clearly people are seeing that this offers mm -hmm. more, uh, and, and, I, and I really do think it does. So mm -hmm. um, hopefully we're going to be using it more and more. Yeah. Great. Yeah. That means I'll probably have to go get even more training. More training, yeah. Yeah, yeah this is, I think, really interesting, and I've always been interested in instruments like yeah. this. So I'm, I, um, to our listeners... I wonder, you know, what instruments have you uh, experienced that have been helpful to you? When, when has really good self-awareness, self-knowledge helped you self-manage as a leader? Um, I'd really like to hear stories about that. And, um, and also, if, if any of you out there have experienced the Hogan and have feedback for us about uh, what that was like for you, and uh, we'd we'd love to hear hear those stories as well. So I hope you'll chime in in the comments and and we'll and stay tuned for the next podcast. Leave your comments on our blog, or email us leadershippodcast at gmail .com. This has been episode three of season three of Partnerships and Possibilities. Thanks for listening.